This happened a few years ago at a gaming event in London. I'm very active on Twitch and a bunch of my friends were traveling from all over to go to this event. I was a moderator for this channel and another one of the mods was from the Netherlands who I was very good friends with at the time. He told me he wasn't going to the event because it was too expensive. Skip forward to the day of the event. I get a message on my phone from this mod saying he's outside of the event and he would like to meet up with us. Turns out he had been planning to come all along but was just aiming to surprise us with his presence. At this point it's important to note this group consisted of three boys and three girls. And us three girls decided that we were going to leave the event early to go get ready for the party that evening. As we were trying to leave he tried to come with us. Even though we kept proclaiming that it was literally just us three girls going back to my place to get changed and flashy for the party, which in hindsight was very creepy of him to want to come with us. We all arrived at the party and the drinks are flowing and he keeps actively making too much of an effort to spend time with me, giving me drinks, interrupting my conversation with people and just becoming a general hindrance. It got to the point where I was literally trying to hide from him the whole rest of the night. As it approached kickout time for the party, a whole group of us moved on to a nightclub that was nearby, where he just stood and watched us all dance, literally like a statue. It was beyond creepy. And several people up to this point had pointed out his weird behavior towards me. Around 3am, we all make the move to the train station to head our separate ways. Me and another girl had to go the same way, as she lived a few train stops away from me. As I was about to leave, he approached me and said, I'd like to take you home. I have nowhere to stay tonight. And as I planned to walk around London taking photos, it'd be no bother to me. Alarm bells started ringing. He traveled all this way, knowing that he had no place to stay. A creepy middle-aged guy who had surprised visit a group of younger people in another country and he wants to take me home. Hell no. I politely declined and explained I lived rather far out of London and it would be too long of a trip for him to take to escort me home when I already had my friend for my journey. I dart around saying goodbye and make a swift exit before he can notice that I'm gone. It's now 5am and I am home. My window faces the same direction as the front of the house. I'm getting changed, preparing for bed and I go to close my curtains. There's a strange figure standing outside my house. It was very dark and I couldn't make it out, but from their stature, I immediately recognized this gentleman, similar stature, to the guy that traveled across the country to spend literally every living moment with me. Whether it was him or not, I will never be sure, but I have never ran downstairs quick enough to make sure the front door was locked than I did in that moment. Safe to say, I didn't sleep that night. The next day, there were talks in the mod chat after he mentioned that he went traveling on the underground to visit different areas, but never really confirmed where he went or what he saw. So I guess I'll never know if it was him, but if it was, I never want to see him again. So this all started late in 2015 when I was still in high school. I was crossing the bridge to go to school and this very friendly man stopped me and asked me if I could fill a survey out about budgeting. I said sure and when I was done he told me to fill out my contact details and gave me reasons like he was a social worker etc. Dumb me of course gave him my contact number. I was so naive. 
but at the very least, I was smart enough to give him a fake name. In 2016, I started receiving random messages from this very same guy and was getting super creeped out by it. He knew which school I went to because when I met him, I was wearing my uniform. And he started asking me personal questions. I tried to avoid all of them and generally didn't reply to him. But he kept texting me every day. And when he wished me happy Valentine's Day, I was like, nope. I blocked him because at that point I didn't feel safe at all. Later that year, we received a police notice calling for a witness because they arrested a few perverts in the area. In the notice, they had several photos, and I saw the very same man that had approached me to fill out the survey. I was disgusted. Turns out that he would use those surveys as a tactic to approach female teenagers and take photos of them and harass them in text later. I was shocked as well. My school was in a nice neighborhood, and we all assumed there wouldn't be such creeps, but gosh, we were all wrong. I was glad he was caught by the police. To the photo-taking creep, let's not meet again, but I did. After he was arrested, I graduated and started schooling. It was an hour's away drive from where I went to high school. I moved as well to the school dorm nearby. As I was walking home one day, I caught sight of him lurking at the bus stop nearby. I could never forget his face. He looked even more creepy, carrying a black bag, holding some papers that looked like the survey forms, while he was holding an old camera phone. I was super scared. How could he be here? Wasn't he arrested last year? Was he stalking me the whole time? I almost started crying and quickly called my friend and walked past him. Once he was out of sight, I ran home while on the phone. I was telling all my schoolmates to be careful, and soon enough the school was informed. The discipline master and a few PE teachers went to apprehend the stalker sometime later. They dragged him into the school's office and contacted the authorities. I was informed that he was released last year because of insufficient evidence. Apparently, the place where I live, taking photos of the girls in a not sexual nature is not a crime. They searched his flat and there wasn't anything incriminating other than a creep ton of photos of female students. After this incident, he disappeared, only to be stalking other girls in other schools. How I wish we would never meet again, but I still see him roaming near my school and dorm every now and then, trying to be discreet with his little camera phone. I'm moving to a university soon, and it will be pretty far away from him. However, will I ever be free from the stalker again? I don't know, but let's not meet again. So, when I was 13, my friend who we would call Mary had a grandmother who ran a nail salon downtown. I grew up in a really, really small town in Alaska. When I was younger, it seemed like a really safe place. But as I got older, I realized just how corrupt and horrible it actually was. But at 13, I still wasn't totally aware of it. After school, Mary and I would always walk to her grandma's nail salon. It was in a building with a few other shops, and we would kind of just hang around and browse. There was a Thai restaurant that was our favorite, and we'd eat there a lot, and were pretty good friends with the restaurant owners. After some months of the same routine, just hanging out every day caused me and Mary's family to become like family. Her grandmother, who we'll start calling Gretchen, had the idea of wanting to open a little coffee stand in there. 
The other shops were cookware stores, a clothes consignment shop, a game shop, and some other random ones. So we figured that it would be a nice business, and she wanted Mary and I to work in the coffee stand while she was in the nail salon. I partially believe it's just because she wanted us out of her hair. Anyways, we went and trained properly. But since we were 13, we were being paid under the table. We had it set up right in front of the Thai restaurant. After about a week of the coffee stand being up and running, this guy who looked like 18 to about 20 years old would get a small vanilla latte every day and sit in the mall and kind of just watch us work, but also browse around the game shop. So we just thought he must have just lived nearby and liked to come there every day. And maybe we hadn't noticed him before because he obviously wasn't coming to get his nails done. He honestly looked kind of dirty and like he didn't care that much. When the months got hotter, we started walking home instead of our mom driving us. There were a lot of kids, so I didn't notice very much if people were behind us or in front of me. One of the nights we closed up the shop a little bit late. It was around 9pm, which in Alaska is still fully sunny and I noticed that someone was walking behind me, kind of close. I stopped dead in my tracks and didn't hear anything. So I kept walking and I was sure I heard it this time. I turned around rather quickly and there he was, the same guy from the mall, following me. I was 13 and shy, so I just kept walking and made a loop around and just walked to the mayor's office because the police station was too far. I called my dad from there because I felt much safer if he came to get me. This repeated in slightly different ways for about the next two weeks and eventually, I don't know how to this day, he found out where I lived. He would knock on the door, leave flowers, call our parents' phone, all kinds of crazy stuff. My dad finally helped me get a restraining order, but it took about a month to get anyone to take it seriously and to come see him at my workplace, as we had no idea what his name was. Once that was in effect, it stopped for only about one week, and then he started showing up again. He continued to stalk my home, and even hanging out by the fence of my school when school was back in session. Finally, I had enough. I moved in with my mom because she was, frankly, a better parent to me and taking it more seriously. She lived so far out that I couldn't walk anywhere and she had no electricity or running water, but I didn't care anymore. I felt much safer and so much more loved. I quit that job and I took the bus every day. Eventually he just disappeared and I never heard about or saw him ever again. TV shows and movies usually depict abductors driving white vans or black vans. I didn't realize this until I decided to buy a white 1994 Dodge Ram cargo van to haul some of my gear I needed for work. Driving it, I've been pulled over by cops and searched three times for no reason, but that's another story. The point is, some people see vans as suspicious. One day while returning home, a woman pushing a stroller stared at me for a long time while I drove along my home street. We had speed bumps and I had a lot of expensive delicate gear in the van so I was driving very slow. She stared at me wide eyed the entire time. So I smiled at her like a friendly neighbor does. She was staring so intently that she almost walked her stroller right off the edge of the curb. I thought it was funny and I almost forgot about it. A week later 
our HOA email thread heats up when a resident sends a notice that his wife and toddler were being stalked by a man in a white van. Fearing a pitchfork and torch mob mistaking me for a creeper, I replied to all, saying I lived in the neighborhood and I also drive a white van. I even provided my license plate number and home address. Big mistake. Jokingly, I added that I witnessed a suspicious person in the neighborhood as well. A woman with a stroller who was staring at me so long and hard, it made me uncomfortable. I provided the date and time of the incident to see if their alleged stalker was actually me. It was. Dude got triggered. He started sending me email after email, CCing everyone on the list, telling me he can read between the lines of what I was saying. His accusations became more and more ludicrous, and he started with personal attacks. Several neighbors on the email list replied saying that he was behaving badly. The emails eventually stopped, but things got even weirder. On several occasions while I walked my dog, a 10-ish year old girl would come out of her house, run over to me, and awkwardly chat me up about my dog and gave me strangely intimate details of her life. I wondered why this child would talk to strangers, but thought maybe she just knew me from the neighborhood, so I politely played along. Then one day this girl shows up at my house. She said she was angry because her dad won't let her have a dog like mine. She said she wanted to visit for a while. I told her that I need to talk to her parents before I could let her visit my home like this. She said okay and left and I never saw her anymore. I have two daughters and one of their friends told me the girl who was chatting me up was the daughter of the trigger dude from the HOA email list. He had been sending her out to talk to me and taking pictures. My daughter's friend was friends with this bait girl. Poor girl's dad was making his own daughter uncomfortable which is why she confided in her friend. The dad was sending his daughter out to chat with me so he could accuse me of I don't know what. One detail I forgot to mention. I have dash cams in all my vehicles and CCTV monitoring my front door. So the initial incident as well as the girl coming to my door were recorded. I emailed the trigger dude and kindly offered him copies of the videos of each incident. I also told him I was concerned that his daughter was behaving inappropriately towards strangers. Apparently this scuttled his plan. I never heard from him again. On my ninth birthday, I moved back to Michigan from Tennessee and I lived in these condos. We had a park right next to my building, so my mom just watched me from the window while I played in the park. One day, me and my friends were playing at the park and we see this guy watching us from his window. We just ignore it, but every time we would go outside, he would do the same. For my 10th birthday party, I had a party at the park, and he was just sitting on his porch holding his phone. We didn't really think anything of it until a week later. I was at the park, and I saw him on his front porch with a camera, just sitting there. And this just kept going on for months. He would always come out to the park and try to talk to me, and said he had a daughter my age, and if I ever wanted to come play with her, I could. One day I came home from school and my mom and a bunch of cops are in the living room. She never told me what happened until I turned 14. Turns out he had a whole secret room that had pictures and video of me playing. One day his wife found the room and she called the cops. This story happened a year ago when I was 15 on a school trip to San Fran. At the time, I was very immature, not in the sense that you normally would think, but in the sense that I didn't really know how the world worked and how scary it could be. 
I attribute this story to me growing up and realizing how the world works. I was rooming with two other girls, both were a year older than me, so I didn't really know them well. The way the trip worked, so to say, was that breakfast in the hotel was between 7 and 8, but the chaperones on the trip wouldn't wake us up. So if we wanted to have time to get ready and eat before leaving to explore the city for the day, we had to do it on our own. This meant that in the morning, me and the people in my room didn't see the chaperones till we went down for breakfast, usually around 7.45, since we all took a long time to get ready. However, this day was different. We were all tired of arriving late and having to eat quickly. So we woke up a bit earlier to go down and get breakfast right when it opened. We ate breakfast and pretty much the rest of the kids on the trip and I headed to the elevators together. This was a mixed group of boys and girls and my twin brother also happened to be on the trip. So the people in the elevator was him and his friends, me, the girls from my room and a few of their friends. The elevator door almost closed when two Indian men stuck their hand through the door and stepped inside squeezing themselves into an already packed elevator. They looked young, maybe 19 or 20. Eventually, we arrived to our floor and got off. So did the men. The way the hotel rooms and hallways were situated was essentially just a square. You could go either direction and eventually make it back to the elevator if you just turn left or right three times. The people on my trip went right and the men went left. Eventually, my brother and his friends trickled off into their rooms and it was just me and one of the other girls on the trip because the other girl had went into one of the boys' rooms. We were right at our rooms when we encountered the men again. At first, we didn't notice anything wrong. They were probably just trying to find their room. I turned away from them and tried to find my room key in my wallet. Now, at this point, my amateur brain didn't notice anything wrong, but my roommate did. I could see the panic in her eyes. And as I turned to look at the men, I realized they weren't looking for their room. They were looking for us. My heart began to race and we panicked, each fumbling for our cards to get in the room as quick as possible. But they were moving towards us too quickly. We were standing there, pressed against our door, as these two men stepped closer to us and got within a foot of our faces. Their English wasn't the best, so they slowly asked us what we were doing. I couldn't speak. I didn't know what to do in this situation, so my roommate spoke up. She tried her best not to let them know that this was our room, but it was pretty obvious at that point. She stuttered something about trying to get into her friend's room, but these men clearly weren't there just to know what she was doing. I could tell they were there for something more sinister. One of the men continued to stare at me and eye me up and down when the other one got really close to my roommate and asked her for her number. She stood up tall and quickly said, No, I'm sorry you cannot, but her voice trailed off as her confidence wore off. At last I spoke, explaining that we were underage and that we were on a school trip and that we couldn't. They didn't take no for an answer. At that point, I slowly started to pull my room key from my wallet. Luckily, my friend pushed the card into my wallet and made me push my hand holding the wallet behind my back. At the time I was confused why she didn't want us to go into our room, but now I realized she had more intuition about these men than I did. She knew that if we opened the door with them right there, that they would force themselves in there with us and who knows what would happen. Eventually they backed off far enough where we felt like we could escape from them. She grabbed my wrist and pulled me along the hallway and we were sprinted towards the elevator. Along the way we ran into my brother and one of his friends. We quickly explained to them what happened and they sprinted with us to the elevators. Once we were there, quickly pressing the elevator's buttons to get downstairs where the chaperones were, we encountered the men again. I clutched onto my brother's arm and my roommate did the same to my brother's friend. 
They just stood there on the other side of the hallway, staring at us and quickly walking towards us. It looked like they were just pretending to be normal hotel patrons in front of the boys, but we knew what they really were. They were creepy and we weren't risking it. Finally, the elevator opened and I don't think I've ever clicked the closed door button so fast. Right as the man got to the elevator, the door closed. Thank God. We thought our ordeal was over, but it wasn't. There are multiple elevators in the hotel. My brother, his friend, my roommate, and I had just got into the breakfast hall where most of our group and chaperones were when we realized the men were there too. They had followed us. They started off staying across the room from us, but were getting closer. We left the room and went back up to our rooms. Once there, my roommate and I were panicking. They knew where our room was. They knew our floor. They could find us at any time and we didn't know what to do. Our panic was cut short as the phone rang. At this hotel, you could call other people's rooms and we thought it was from one of the boys' rooms, playing a joke on us. We were wrong. When we picked up the phone, it was just heavy breathing and a quiet laughter. We hung up the phone after about 20 seconds. I called my brother and his friend and asked them if they could meet us outside the room. They walked us to the elevators and back downstairs. On the way, we told them about the phone call. My brother's friend took responsibility for it. My roommate believed him, but I didn't. I knew they wouldn't freak us out like that. They were trying to calm us down. Once downstairs again, still shaking, we told one of the chaperones about the two men, and they freaked out. We told the front desk about the men, but since we didn't know what room they were in, or their names, they told us there wasn't much that they could do about it. They tried to reassure us that there was a group staying there that they were probably a part of, and that they were leaving in a few days. It didn't calm us down though. Thankfully we never saw them again, and I never want to. This incident happened with me in my junior year of high school. My best friend had posted a story on his Instagram account, tagging me. A friend that he had from a previous school asked him about me because he found me interesting. My friend not thinking too much of it, just linked my profile and he sent me a request. I accepted it and he slid into my DMs. I was a pretty naive 11th grader and he managed to get my phone number from me too. Turns out he was a desperate guy and somehow needed a girlfriend to show off in front of his friends. I know I shouldn't be mean, but this guy was four feet tall and ugly as fuck. The above mentioned discoveries were made much later. A few days later, he talked to me and I was flattered by his smooth talk. I didn't say yes, thankfully. A few days later, I came to know about this guy and immediately blocked him from everywhere. Instagram, Snapchat, and WhatsApp. The next day my phone was blown up with calls and messages from numerous fake IDs he had made just to contact me. I never replied and even asked my friend to tell him to stop contacting me. But that didn't stop him. He became my stalker and things worsened when he started contacting my real friends and people from my previous school. Somehow bringing me up in conversation and asking about me. A lot of people came up to me asking about him and telling me how stupid I was to talk to him. After much persuasion and his numerous female friends coming to me to unblock him, I did. He started telling me particular details of my life. It felt like he knew everything about me, things that only a few people knew about me. He also knew my address and started coming after school just to see me. By this time, he had befriended each and every one of my friends. And because he never physically stalked me, I couldn't do much about it. Thank God we weren't in the same school. 
my birthday is around the corner. So he made a fake account. It was my name followed by birthday. And he started posting my images, which he collected by stalking my friends and me. I got that ID removed by getting it reported by all my friends. And I blocked him once again. Thank God he lost my number when he reformatted his phone. And I wasn't stupid enough to give him my phone number again. I'm in my senior year now and realize how grave that issue was and thankful that I had dealt with it somehow. I'm not dating any guy and I hope nobody gets such a creepy stalker like I did. So the teeny guy who wanted to date me so bad, let's not meet again. I'm a 20 year old female and started working in a call center last year. It was a team of around 40 people, so we didn't exactly all know each other well. There was this one guy that was 35 years old. I'll call him Craig. I could always sense that he was watching me. He had perfect view of me at my desk from his, and his gaze would follow me whenever I walked anywhere. I never paid much attention to it because I didn't know him at all. One day I turned up to work and was called over by a couple of girls that I was friends with. I knew something was up because of the way that they were acting. They explained Craig messaged one of them asking for my number, saying how keen he was on me. I was immediately uncomfortable. There's quite an age gap between us and he always gave me a weird vibe. I felt weird but sort of brushed it off and laughed with my friends. I didn't let him get my number though. That day we found out that Craig had lost his shit at the office after the rest of the staff had left the day before. He was abusing management and throwing things around the office. He ended up being fired and banned from the building. Later that night, I received a message request on Facebook. It was Craig. The message said how attractive he thought I was and that he could never stop staring at my ass. The fantasies he always had about me, etc. Basically just really disturbing stuff to hear from someone you've never even had a conversation with and was significantly older than you. So that's when it started. For the next five months I got a message every single day. Management and security at work were all informed of what was going on as I had concerns that he would show up to the office to see me. I was constantly worrying that he would try to find me. I had thought of just blocking him but my friends made the point that something like that could just aggravate him. I just put up with his messages and calls until one day it stopped and I still don't know why. Okay, so this happened to me a few months ago. A new family recently moved into the neighborhood and at first they seemed nice. It was a woman and a man and their two kids, one boy and one girl. Since they were new, my family presented themselves to them and brought them a welcoming gift. Since they were unpacking, my family asked if they needed help and they accepted, which meant I had to help. There was this one box that caught my eye and as I went to get it, the man stopped me and said that he can get it. That's when I started to wonder, like crazy, what was in that box? That night for dinner, my family invited the new neighbors, but they declined, so it was just my family. I asked my mom if she knew what the box had in it, cause it looked weird. She told me not to judge, and it was probably just private things, so I shouldn't get into other people's business. Later that night when I was sleeping, I heard her back door open, and footsteps coming in. I locked my door, I wanted to call the police, but I didn't know who it was, so I just forgot about it. The next day I woke up and checked the back door, and it was unlocked. 
I was creeped out and told my mom that I thought the family came in and did something to the house. She then called me crazy and I have to be respectful and what if it was the other way around? After she told me this, I have to hang out with the little boy because he left all his old friends in his old town and needed someone to play with. So later that day I hung out with him at the park near my neighborhood. I asked him his name and he told me it was Diego, which was crazy because my name was Diego. At first I was like, oh my God, we have the same name. Then he said, like Diego from Grachi. And there's a TV show I watched called Grachi and it had a character named Diego. I was a little creeped out at first, but shrugged it off as a coincidence. Later that night at dinner, I felt like my family was being watched. After dinner, I spent the night at my friend Jake's house. The next day, I ran to the boy and his mom. He said how was the sleepover. I replied, how did you know about the sleepover? He said your mom told me. I went straight back to my house and asked my mom. She said she never said anything. But then my mom said something that scared the crap out of me. She said the neighbor's mom, let's call her Asia, asked her if she could have the number to her doctor. My mom never mentioned this to Asia. She then started getting suspicious. We secretly called Uncle Larry, who was a police officer, to investigate the house. He found something really chilling. It was a camera in our kitchen. It was hidden, and that's when I remembered someone came in through the back door that leads to the kitchen. A day goes by and they check the footage, a now probable cause. My uncle goes to their house and knocks on the door. The mother opens the door and he says he needs to investigate and ask some questions. She complied but said she had to do something first, but he said no and she had to wait outside with her husband and kids. The police went into the house to search it. There they found a box full of cameras that looked exactly like the ones he found. That family had been spying on us the whole time and who knows who else they were spying on. We pressed charges and the family moved somewhere else. A few months ago, my sister started talking to this boy online named Ben. The two of them had a lot in common and were only about a year apart in terms of age. We didn't think anything of it at first because it's normal to have online friends these days. My sister is really introverted, so it was nice to hear that she had someone to chat to. From what I understand, Ben was also there for her emotionally too, if that makes sense. My sister became quite attached to him. Ben also introduced her to a few of his friends as well. They all seemed like your typical edgy teenagers, the kind that post selfies with emo song lyrics and stuff like that. Ben seemed like a normal caring friend and even messaged me a couple times when he was concerned about my sister being upset. He seemed genuine, and I was happy that my sister found someone like this. One day, my sister asked my mom if she could meet up with Ben in the city. He lived in another state and had organized to spend a week in our state with his aunt, so it seemed like the perfect opportunity for them to meet up. They arranged a date and time to meet in the city, and my mom had accompanied her. When that day came though, he didn't even show up. He made some excuse up that his aunt wouldn't drive him there. And we figured she was probably concerned about Ben meeting someone he had only known over the internet. I admit, I did have a really bad feeling about their meetup while we waited for Ben to show up, but I stupidly ignored it. 
My sister, understandably, was quite upset that he hadn't showed up. Ben messaged me to apologize to us for having to run around after him. He explained that his aunt could be unreasonable sometimes. At the moment, I genuinely believed he was a decent person and wasn't lying about his situation. After a couple of months passed, with just the two of them chatting away like normal, at some point, my mom gets the idea that she and my sister could fly to his state and meet him. Ben liked the idea, and so they ordered their flight tickets. One day out of the blue, my sister burst into my room, clearly frightened. She told me to block Ben and the two friends he introduced me to earlier. When I asked why, she explained to me that Ben had been a cover-up identity for a person that had previously threatened her using another account. All of the pictures he posted were from someone else's account. She found this out and confronted him. His two friends that we had chatted with on posts and everything were all fake accounts run by him to keep up the illusion. The person after being confronted by my sister admitted that they were keeping tabs on my sister. They had been chatting for months and she had likely told him personal things too. The flight tickets were immediately canceled after my mom found out. And we were all spooked about the whole thing. I still am. I am even a little paranoid to share this. We couldn't tell the police because my sister was a dingus and didn't keep a copy of the messages the account sent her. The account was taken down after we informed the guy whose pictures were stolen about the incident. So whoever this person is, let's never cross paths again. I love this sub and wanted to share a recent set of encounters I've had with my apartment complex security guard. I'm feeling a little concerned that I overreacted or took things out of context. I moved into a large studio apartment complex a few months ago. I'm a single female with a two-year-old daughter. My sister and a few of her friends came over about three weeks ago to hang out. We had some beers and played Cards Against Humanity. My studio has an enclosed patio with a door-sized opening that doesn't have a gate or door. Since my child was sleeping, I had everyone chill outside on the patio. We were having a great time, joking, talking, and listening to low music when the security guard entered my patio. Hi there, are we being too loud? Has someone placed a complaint? No, no, you guys are fine. Just doing my rounds. He lingered for a minute more, then strolled out into the night. We continued our activities and really didn't give him a second thought. He returned 25 minutes later, right after most of the group had left. Only my sister, her friend Cody, and I remained. He was an overweight, late 40s, early 50 year old male and wore glasses. He strolls onto my patio once again, strikes up a conversation. We learned that he was a retired cop that had to quit the force after suffering a heart attack on duty. He states that he had to undergo a quintuple bypass surgery, and after recovery, he started night security jobs. I felt sorry for him because of his medical history and sat there to listen to him for a while. He must have stayed there for 30 minutes before my sister got uncomfortable and loudly announced that we were going to bed. He bid us a good night and left. Once inside, my sister said that she didn't like the way he was looking at me and thought that he took a liking to me. I initially told her that she was reading too much into it, and the dude was just lonely and had a long shift ahead. A week and a half later, my sister is visiting again, and we are sitting inside my place, talking. My studio has a black screen door, which is visible to see through, and a wood door. I had a screen locked, and the wood door opened to let some air in. 
My sister is talking to me, and I have a sensation of someone looking at me, so I glance up. The security guard is at the doorway of my patio, staring. I say hello, and he jerks forward, as if expecting an invitation in or something. But I turn my attention back to my sister, and when I glance back again, he is gone. This week on Tuesday, I took a shower and threw on my red silk Japanese-style robe. I was washing dishes for about 25 minutes and had poured a glass of wine. I turned from the kitchen and sit on my couch and I let out a scream. The security guard is almost pressed up against the screen door and staring straight at me through a foot long crack of the wood door. I was startled and shaken but the first thing I did was to make sure my robe wasn't exposing me. Then I ran up to the screen. You scared me. He had no emotion and no apology. I'm just doing my rounds. My scalp is crawling and I'm still shaky. Okay, well, I'm going to bed now. He is still right up next to the screen door, all the way in my patio, and turns and looks at my beast cruiser parked against the wall. Oh, you have a bike? You should put it inside because someone could take it. Yeah, I'll get to it. I pretty much slam the door shut and lock the door. I sit down with my wine and calm my nerves. I was shaken but I wasn't sure if he was really being a creeper or just a lonely individual that was looking for someone that had expressed interest. After a debate with my friend's sister, I contacted the property manager. I was actually surprised at how quickly it escalated. They took my verbal incident report over the phone and just informed me today that the guy had been fired. The property manager told me to call the police if I see him on the premises again. I worked with this guy. We had a work outing, which included drinks. I got a little too drunk to drive home, so he offered me a ride. A few others accepted the ride along with me. He dropped them off first, and dropped me off last, and asked me if I had feelings for him. I told him I thought he was really cool because we had similar interests. I then promptly reminded him of our no fraternizing agreement we signed before we started working there. I also told him I wasn't interested in him romantically. From that evening on, he would always find ways to tell me he had hot dates that would then cancel on him and he would ask me if I wanted to go out for drinks. It felt like he was trying to make me feel bad so that I would go out with him, but I never accepted. He asked me out to dinner dates and to the movies a handful of times, which I always declined and reminded him that I had no interest in him that way. A few of my co-workers caught him looking through my phone. I assume he was looking for texts from other guys. He accused our other male co-workers of sexually harassing me when he saw that we were friends on Snapchat or even text, even though there wasn't any type of sexual relationship going on between them and I. He would send videos of me dancing in a club to our co-workers. Meanwhile, I had no idea that he was there or that the videos existed. I had many co-workers coming up to me and asking me, if I had any knowledge of the videos, and if I felt safe. He showed up to my house a couple of times without me knowing or inviting him. He knocked once and took off. Another time he just stood there and left without knocking. We only knew this because of my roommate's motion-censored security cam that would send us notifications and videos when there was activity. My biggest mistake was accepting another ride from him after all this. I was in a group setting again so I thought it would be safe. My coworkers were sort of aware of this and they asked if I could be dropped off first. 
He went about dropping them all off first. I stayed in the back seat and he begged me to move to the front seat. But I didn't. At the end, he demanded why I wasn't interested in him and why I didn't like him since he was such a nice guy. At this point I was furious and honestly terrified. I started screaming at him, pointing out to him all the times I told him I wasn't interested and declined all his invitations. I opened the door while he was moving and he slammed on the brakes. I think I startled him. I jumped out and sprinted home. Not 10 minutes later, I get a text from him asking again, when did I lose interest in him? And if it's because he's too nice or if it's because he gets too many other hot dates. As if I didn't spend five minutes telling him I was never interested in him and as if I just didn't sprint out of his car. I blocked him on everything, brought it up to my manager the next day and filed a report, then put in my two weeks. So I'm not the best at writing or describing things, but something happened to me three days ago and it's been on my mind nonstop. I've had nightmares a lot. I'm going away for five months this summer to work in Greece, same thing I did last year, but this time it's not as much of a last minute decision. So I planned ahead to take a few family members away on a low budget British caravan holiday so we could spend some time together before I leave. I booked it the week for Friday to Friday. The first few days were good, celebrating Wales winning the Grand Slam in rugby. Monday was much the same. We played bingo in the on-site clubhouse, and this is when I noticed a member of their security team. He looked quite attractive from a distance. I like beards, glasses, so I say to my mother, oh, he's nice, and we laughed. A bit later, he approached our table and chatted with us for a little bit about general things going on on-site and his job. He shook my hand and introduced himself. He then stood by our table on and off all night trying to engage in general conversation. He did make excessive eye contact with me, which was weird. So that's why I thought I was getting such bad anxiety being around him because he seemed otherwise normal. When we were leaving, he was on duty in the front of the clubhouse. We walked past him and said bye. He said something along the lines of, Oh, don't go. I've got two days off and won't be able to see you. Which I thought was weird because we just met him and had nothing but basic conversation. My mom thought I liked him so she said she was going to catch up to my dad and let me talk to him. He looked like he was about to say something but I wasn't interested in being alone with him so I said, can't believe she left me behind, see ya. I could feel him watching me through the dark car park, again, anxiety. Two days went by and things were normal but on the day that he came back for duty, Wednesday, he noticed us straight away and walked over. He winked at me and stood right next to me, putting his elbows on the table, tried to chat away with me, a bit too close to my face. I shrugged it off and went to go play with my nephew in the arcade bowling machine. I could see him out of the corner of my eye watching me from behind. Again, I got really bad anxiety. I went back to my parents' table and he would walk by every few minutes, looking at me each time. I couldn't stand the anxious feeling in my gut, so I waited until he was gone and made an excuse and went back to the caravan alone. My parents arrived back a few hours later and told me he kept stopping by asking about me and asking where I was and if he needed to check on me. He gave my mother a piece of paper with his number on it to give to me. I was embarrassed by that and joked with my mother, like who tries to get someone's mom to be their wingwoman? Thursday was our last day. 
I decided not to go out because I felt uncomfortable going there now after being watched and throwing his number in a bin. But my parents went elsewhere, so I stayed packing and babysitting my nephew. This is where I got really freaked out. He somehow found my number and began sending me messages on WhatsApp. I replied at first, being polite, and mentioned that I was packing and going home. He started to get a little flirty, so I put the phone on silent and went to bed. My mom had her window and curtains wide open. My dad had fallen asleep on the couch watching TV with my nephew, and I was in the single room alone. I woke up later because I heard rustling noises outside. I froze for a second, but I could hear movement outside by my window. I looked through the teeny gap, and I saw him standing there looking around, and I generally thought I was going to have a heart attack. I've never been paralyzed with fear before. I felt like I needed a cough, but I was so terrified to make a sound. I looked at my phone and it was 3.30. I saw a bunch of WhatsApp notifications. I was too scared to open them, so I read a bit from the notification bubble. He told me he knew where I was and he wanted me to dangle myself out the window for him to play with, along with sending me pictures of himself naked, numerous calls and texts, and all while outside my window. I laid there for about two hours, too afraid to move. I must have fallen asleep, because the next thing I remember was my mom waking me up, saying that she had just opened the curtains in the living room and saw him standing right outside. This was 9am, six hours later. I never felt so scared in my life. We packed up and got ready to leave. By the time we were about to go, he had gone. I ran to my car with my hood up, paranoid that he would stop us. My parents thought it was really weird for him being out there, but I never told them about all the messages, so they didn't know why I was being so weird. I felt so sick waiting for my dad to start the engine, because I didn't know where he had gone or if he was still watching. If he had found out my number and caravan and had seen us in my dad's car with the license plate, what else could he have found out? I have not mentioned this to anyone because I really can't handle it right now. I feel violated in a way, although I don't know how to describe it. So backstory. This happened a few days ago when I was on holiday with my friend in Seoul. To put this in context, we are two 20 year olds who look more like we're 16 or something. Anyway, we were at a train station waiting for the train when I accidentally brushed my elbow against this old man's back. He got up and started swearing really loudly at us. I obviously apologized. At this time, the train came and we got on. The old man was also getting on through another door. On the train, he walked past us and started swearing at us again and sat somewhere else. When we got to the train station that we were supposed to get off at, I turned around to face the door and realized he was also going to get off and he was staring at us from the other door. But it happened so fast so we just had to get off. And at the door at the platform he asked me where I was from. I was shocked and scared so my friend just dragged me away. We hid behind a convenience store at the platform for about 5 minutes and then decided to exit. As we got closer we realized that he was standing by the exit and looking for us, waiting for us. We immediately ran in the other direction to the other exit where we got on a bus. We kept looking behind us and hoping he didn't follow us. After this whole situation, we were shocked and paranoid that we went back to our place and changed out of our clothes we were wearing in fear that he would spot us again. 
Thankfully, nothing happened after that, and we got back home safe. But I wouldn't want to think about what would have happened if we didn't see him at the exit and continue walking his way. So old man at the train station, let's never meet again. I used to work at one of those 24-7 Walmart super centers. I was right out of high school, a 19-year-old female, and worked as a cashier for two terrible years where I was subjected to all kinds of abuse from customers and coworkers alike. I was screamed at, slammed into the register face first, groped, and even farted on once because this old lady was mad that the oranges were priced each and not by the pound. And I'm not even exaggerating. However, the time that sticks out in my head the most is the time that a customer tried to follow me home. I had just started my shift, and the second I got to the register, I had a line that was 10 people long. For some reason, the Walmart I worked at never had enough registers open, so people were usually really mad and impatient by the time they got to me. I get right to work and keep a smile plastered on my face while making many mandatory small talk. How do you do? How are you? Did you find everything? Most customers were polite, but not very interested in talking, so it was easy to fall into a bit of cashier robot mode. I get this guy who only had two items, yogurt and band-aids. I ring him up in a record time and neatly bag it up, but the customer doesn't seem to be paying any attention. He wouldn't look at me or answer my greeting. He just stared right down the conveyor belt. Maybe he was just a bit zoned out. The conveyor belt didn't look too dirty. I hadn't had a chance to wash it yet because the second I walked over to the register, people lined up. Side note, always bag your produce, the conveyor belts get really nasty. I tell the man his total, which was something like 436, and he starts fishing in his pocket for the exact change without looking up. Inwardly I groan, but I keep my customer service smile fixed in place while I wait. He's wearing one of those muddy brown denim jackets with lots of pockets. And as he rifles through them, I kept catching whiffs of stale B.O. and cigarettes. His hands were pretty dirty too, and all dried out from the cold weather. He dumps out an assortment of change on the counter, still not looking at me, and I begin to count it up. Everything is uncomfortably quiet. I can feel the eyes of every customer waiting in line, boring into me. All except for the guy that was now digging in his pants pockets too. He was about 30 cents short. I let him know once I was sure that he wasn't going to find any more coins. It was then he looks at me, making this scrunched up face. His eyes were very dark brown, almost black, and they pierced right into me, accusingly, as if he thought I was lying or something. While he was watching, I counted everything. It's only 30 cents. Can't you give me your employee discount? No, that's against the rules. I answered apologetically. Do you want to put something back? I wasn't about to get fired for giving someone my discount, which was only 10% if you were wondering. He wasn't the first person to ask for it, but most people pretended that they were joking. He was definitely not joking. No, I want them, he said glaring at me. I was beginning to wish that he would start staring at the conveyor belt again, instead of me. He was making me pretty uncomfortable. If I had 30 cents in my pocket, I would have just paid for it myself, just to get this guy to leave. He reaches over to take the bag, but I turn the little bag carousel, so he can't. That was probably a stupid move on my part, but it wasn't like I could just let him steal, right? If my register was short 30 cents, my supervisor would be all over me. I know you get a discount, just plug it in. 
He completely blows up at this point. But I just shake my head and look at the other customers, probably with a deer in headlights expression. People are watching, but no one does anything. This is just something inconveniencing them, even though I'm actually pretty scared. I already started flashing my register light so that the CSM would come over, but they were notorious for taking their sweet time. I'll get a CSM, but it might take a few minutes, I nervously offer, but the man just goes off and goes on about how much he needed it. He leaves it before the supervisor comes over, grabbing all of his change and shoving them all into his pocket before stomping off. I'm relieved that he's gone and continue working in an uneasy silence. Everything seemed to go back to normal after that. My shift ends at midnight and I managed to clock out on time for once. I didn't have a car and would normally call my mom to come and pick me up, but she was out of town and it was too late to call anyone else so I decided to walk rather than waste money on a cab. I lived about 20 minutes away and felt pretty safe walking because you didn't really tend to run into people at that hour. After a few minutes walking, I noticed this car driving really slowly behind me. The speed limit was 45 and this car was probably going about 10 miles per hour. I got a bad gut feeling and started to walk a little faster while trying to rationalize it. It could have been someone who wanted to offer me a ride home or get directions. But no, whoever it was stayed behind me and did not try to pull up next to me at all, even though they were going really slow. After about 5 minutes of this, the car finally turns off into one of the neighborhoods. I was relieved, but it was short-lived. The driver parked his car on the curb and gets out of his car. He then comes jogging up to me. I realized immediately that it was the yogurt band-aid guy. He was wearing the same muddy brown jacket and staring at me with those dark eyes. I turn around and start jogging down the sidewalk, which is kind of icy, and he just jogs right up next to me. I can actually hear the change jiggling in his pocket. He doesn't say anything at first, so I just try to run faster without slipping. Had this guy been sitting in the parking lot for hours waiting for me to get off work? Apparently so. I feel him staring at me, and I turn my head to look at him while still running as fast as I could on the ice. I thank my lucky stars that there was fresh gravel laid out or I probably would have slipped in a classic horror movie cliche. What color is your underwear? He asked. The question horrified and disgusted me, so my immediate reaction was, don't be a creep, and I punched him right in the face. It hurt my hand like a bitch, but he stops running for a second and bends forward, clutching at his face. I swear I heard him say, okay, but I just kept running and was too scared to look back. I'm not sure if he kept following me after that, but I didn't run straight home because I was scared of him figuring out where I lived. When I did make it home, probably an hour later, I went to my landlady's apartment first and told her what happened. I was really shaken up, and I told her if she saw a suspicious guy around the building, she should call the police. My mom was out of town, and she didn't answer any of my calls, so I watched Disney movies until I was calm enough to go to sleep. The next day, I told my managers about what happened but they didn't really care. In hindsight, I probably should have called the police, but I was young and I thought that if it was necessary, my management would have told me to do so. Don't know why I thought that, considering they had a way of not really caring about employees. I felt pretty angry that they didn't take me serious or care that I was scared. I wanted to go home early because I was scared that the guy would show up again, but they told me I couldn't and made me go work the registers. I quit shortly after. I never did see Yogurt Band-Aid Guy again, 
but it's been about 10 years, and I'm not sure if I'd even recognize him if I did. About two years ago, I worked at a movie store inside a mall. I've had tons of strange experiences with customers, but this one definitely tops them off. I was 20 at the time. This guy was over 6 feet, late 40s, very hefty, and always had this weird zombified expression on his face. He came in about once a week. One of my co-workers had even warned me about him, how he was a little off, but I still treated him with as much respect as I did with everyone else. One day he came in and talked for a bit, but it got a little awkward and I kept trying to end the conversation and look busy by tagging items behind the counter. He stood there in silence, watching me for about 20 minutes, and then he finally left. A few days later, he came back in, and he walks up to me, holding a large container. He says, I made four pounds of enchiladas at home today, just for you. I remembered that you liked Mexican food. I don't remember telling him that I liked it, but I do know that I went to a Mexican restaurant across the way every lunch break. I politely accepted it and put it in the back office. I was convinced he used his jizz for it. A few days later, he came back in and had a drawing for me of a dragon. Now, I love dragons, but I never told him that. The drawing looked like it took hours to make, and at this point, I was a little freaked out. I had him leave it on the counter so I could just throw it away later. Later on, I was given about a week vacation. During this week, I had cut my hair about 12 inches. The day I came back in, I had a shift with my manager. I told her all about the guy, and immediately she was weirded out for me. A few minutes later, I see a dude walking around the mall. He was going towards the exit and didn't even notice me. My manager tells me to go in the back office. I go and wait there until she comes in to get me, and when she does, she tells me that I need to make a report to mall security immediately. Apparently when I ran back there, he turned around to come in and walked all throughout the store. When she asked him if he needed any help with something, he said, I can't believe she cut her hair, and briskly walked out. I go to the mall security office to make a report, and we went through all these videos from the cameras of when this guy would come to visit me. But there was one video that really stood out. It sends chills throughout my body just thinking about it. The video shows him pull up into the parking lot of the mall, and about three minutes later I arrive. This was really early in the morning, and no customers were there yet, but there were cars in the lot. I didn't notice him at all. It shows me walking towards the entrance, and him following me. Right as I open the entrance door, the man starts sprinting towards me. I walked in just in time. It shows him stop and stand right in front of the door, watching me through the glass as I walk farther away. He begins to normally walk inside the mall. I never noticed him behind me. That's the part that really messed me up. It was like watching the last footage before a kidnapping or murder on Dateline or something. The video gave security every reason to ban him from the mall, and they did. They told me later when they did a background check, he had four counts of having child pornography and was on probation. This happened in early 2017. I was a 23 year old girl and had just finished college. The field I studied was not huge in my area, so I decided to leave. I moved to the biggest city in our country to make a post-graduation course 
and look for a job. As I was still unemployed, I decided I would wait to make a long-term rental contract, worrying about a possible bad commute to work. In the first couple of months, I was switching from Airbnbs and hostels all the time. I was already tired of this. I decided this would be my last move and then, with or without a job, I would settle. I was running out of money and decided to stay in a dorm in a hostel next to where I was taking classes. Sharing a bedroom is not a problem to me during a trip, but when you're living somewhere, trying to create a routine, sharing a bathroom with some complete strangers just sucks. I would share the dorm with three guys, but it's not with any of them that my bad encounter occurs. They were nice, apart from one of them snoring so bad at night. No biggie. In another dorm, although, was the creepiest person I've ever seen. He was in his mid-30s, and he was not traveling. He was native from the city where we were in, and was using the hostel as a new house since his parents kicked him out of theirs. He introduced himself and tried to be nice and flirty with me. I was polite initially, but declined his advances. He wouldn't stop. He started following me all day long in the hostel. Anywhere I went, he would show up in less than five minutes. On the second day there, I left the hostel to a job interview, and by the time I arrived back to the hostel, late at night, he was seated alone on the front stairs, waiting for me. He told me this like it was the most natural thing on earth. He would buy me snacks, ask me out, try to get information about my personal life. All these things, when I already made it clear of my lack of interest in this friendship. All this happened in three days. I was exhausted of his presence, but what I didn't know is that it could have went worse. As soon as one of the guys that was sharing the dorm with me left, he asked the hostel staff to switch dorms so he could stay in the same one as me. Obviously, he didn't tell me this, so imagine how surprised and disgusted I was when I saw him coming into the dorm with all his belongings. I was so scared of his presence that I slept wearing jeans to avoid any sort of advantage that he could take while I was sleeping. The very next morning I decided to leave. The situation had got worse and I couldn't handle it anymore. While I was packing the guy showed up, noticed what I was doing and started to cry, asking me not to leave him. Then to make things even more creepy and disgusting, he told me that he would miss seeing my face while I was sleeping and thank God that he had taken photos. I was trying my best to stay calm but I lost it when he told me he had taken pictures of me while I was sleeping. I took his phone out of his hand and asked him to see the pictures and deleted all of them. There were a bunch of photos of me sleeping in the night before. I left the hostel and I really regret not reporting him to the staff. Crazy lonely dude in the hostel, please, let's never meet again. A week or so after my 10th birthday, I walked to the corner store with a $5 bill and picked up a jar of ragu for my mom. On the way home, a man I'd never seen before fell in step with me and began talking. Hi, he said cheerfully. My name is Dr. Ramsey. I'm a pediatrician. Do you know what a pediatrician is? I walked along silently, not replying and hoping he would just take that as a sign that he should leave me alone. Subtitles were not his strong suit, though. He kept right on chattering. Are your parents looking for a pediatrician for you? Of course. You're almost a big girl now. You'll be needing another kind of doctor soon, won't you? That's okay, though. They can still bring you in to me until then. What's your name? 
You have beautiful hair. I was just on the way to get some suckers for the candy jar in my office. Do you like suckers? Thankfully, we were nearing my house, so I ran forward, up the back steps, and through to the kitchen door. I didn't know it then, but this was the beginning of a very long, very scary ordeal. It didn't take long after that for Dr. Ramsey to begin showing up. At first, it seemed benign enough, at least to a kid. He would drive by nearly every day, smiling and waving. I told my mom, who said maybe it was on his way home from work. But then, the phone calls began. My dad called me into the living room, sat me down. He asked about the day Dr. Ramsey followed me home, and if I talked to him. He said I wasn't in trouble, but I just needed to tell him the truth. I told him no, and he asked if I was sure, and if I could be forgetting something. I told him no again, and he frowned, and then asked, Then does he know your name? I told him I didn't know. It turns out, that's not all he knew. He knew my sister's name as well. Pretty soon, neither my sister or I were allowed to answer the phone. He would call several times a day, at first, neither of us knowing what he was saying. Then, one night, one of my brothers told us that he was telling my parents that he was going to hurt me, and later my sister. Things got complicated after that. My dad had called the police, but as this was before there were stalking laws, there was not a lot that they could do. They told my parents to call back if he ever tried anything. My dad then called his friend from back in the day, who happened to be a cop. For the next month, my dad's friend escorted me to and from school. Suddenly, life as I knew it came screeching to a halt. I couldn't walk to school alone. I couldn't play outside. I couldn't walk to the Super America convenience store as well. When access to me was completely denied, things escalated. It was around this time he began threatening my sister as well. Then one afternoon, my sister, two of my brothers, and my mom were in the kitchen. One of my brothers saw a glimpse of someone in the garage. They've seen Dr. Ramsey before as well. Dr. Ramsey came bolting out of the garage, my brothers chasing after him. They ran all the way to the Cherokee Park, where they lost him in the trees. My parents called the police again, but nothing came of it. The only information they had was a description, and a name that was most certainly fake. A couple weeks later, we woke to find one of our dogs hanging from the side porch. She was a gorgeous saddleback German Shepherd, born the same day I was. We were all devastated. The cops said there was no evidence it was him, and ruled it accidental, but none of us believed that. His phone calls became more informative in the meantime. He would talk about who was home and who wasn't. If my brother would say that my dad was home, Dr. Ramsey would tell him who was really in the house. He would also talk about the house itself, about the window in the kitchen that he could easily open with a knife from the outside when it was locked, about the French doors that connected the living room to the side porch and how the lock could be finagled from the outside if he jiggled it just right. That night, my dad put in some carpenter nails at the bottom of the French doors until he could get a new lock ordered and installed. My parents had to go to a company event at my dad's work. My older brothers were at St. West Roller Skating Rink. My sister was on the phone with her best friend, and my little brother had fallen asleep on the floor. I was watching Devo on the midnight special with Wolfman Jack it was late. Suddenly, the top of the French door swung inward, and for a few milliseconds before the nails in the bottom caused them to snap back, I could see a silhouette. My sister whipped the phone at the television, and we ran upstairs. About halfway up, we realized our little brother was still asleep on the living room floor. As quietly as we could, we slipped back down the stairs to get him, 
we all went into our bedroom and didn't turn on the light. This way we could see outside. We watched out the window for a while and we couldn't find him. We crept down the hall to my brother's room to look. We looked down and could see someone standing at the back door. He knocked loudly. What do you want? My sister asked out the window. He stepped back and said, Is this the Mercy residence? I have a pizza for delivery. Can you come to the door? She scoffed at him, declaring she was not stupid. She could see that he didn't have a pizza, and she was calling the cops. He then promptly left. A short while later, my brothers returned home. We told them what happened, and they walked around the yard, watching out for him. They came back in, and things settled down. By now, we pretty much gave up on calling the cops, because it never helped us. So we just went back in, each of us, carrying a knife from the kitchen, just in case. Eventually, one of my brothers went into the kitchen to get a bowl of cereal as a snack. You know that sensation you get when you can just feel someone watching you? Yeah, he had that in spades. He kept looking around the kitchen, through the doorway, into the dining room, at the windows. He didn't see anything, but he could still feel the eyes on him. So he went closer to the door to try to get a better look. The kitchen lights were reflecting off the windows of the door, so he couldn't see. He stepped closer, then closer, until he was right up to the door. Then he cupped his hands on both sides of his face so he could see. There on the other side of the window pane was Dr. Ramsey, smiling back at him. He turned to yell for my oldest brother, and when he looked back again, he was gone. They went out there to look for him, but didn't see him. The next night, we were at the table playing Crazy Eights, and my brother was restless. My sister asked him what was wrong, and he said he always felt like any minute there'd be a boom 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 on our door or window. Almost immediately after he finished that sentence, on the window right behind him. In the chaos, the two eldest ran out, but he was already gone. A couple weeks later, I was at school, and we were outside on the playground during recess. I was swinging upside down when I saw that now familiar blue Ford Galaxy cruising by, moving slowly. There he was, smiling and waving. He called my name and I ran to the teacher and told her. By then, the school had already been told about him, so she took me inside right away and called my mom. That same day, my mom had gotten a call from the school asking her to verify that my dad was picking me up as he called to say he was on his way, and she told him that my dad was not picking me up that day. Not long after that, I woke up one night, thirsty. I went to the kitchen for a drink, and there, sitting alone in the dark, was my dad. On the table was a gun. He was tired of the police waiting until Dr. Ramsey tried something. He was tired of his children being terrorized. He was tired of being afraid every time he left for work that something was going to happen when he was gone. I sat with him for a time, watching, before he sent me back to bed. These events, and many more, took place over a period of 18 months. Then as suddenly as it began, it was over. He had vanished from our lives. The phone calls, the drive-bys, with the creepy waves, everything. For a long time, during and after Dr. Ramsey's days, I would have this reoccurring nightmare in which I would wake up to find him standing over me as I slept. It took a long time before I felt like a kid again. I found out years later that when he was calling, Dr. Ramsey would tell my parents that he was going to rape and kill me, and later my sister, and there was nothing that they could do about it. I don't know what happened to him when he disappeared. I don't know if he got into a car wreck, locked in prison, in a coma, but sometimes I wonder if the wait ended for my dad when he was sitting in the darkened kitchen one night. I don't know. I'm not sure I want to.
My mother, grandmother, and I lived in the same house, but in two different flats, in a very short street with only six houses in total. We moved here in 2012, and everything was fine. One day, there was an old man moving into another house in the street. He seemed very nice, but my image of him changed quickly when these incidents began. My grandma lives on the first floor, so everyone walking past the house can technically look into her flat when she has her blinds open. She started telling us about how she sometimes see two feet under her blinds of the big window, always the same shoes. One day, she pulls the blinds open when the shoes are there, and guess who it is? Yeah, the old man. Turns out, he had been watching her for quite some time through her windows and even from his balcony, which had the perfect view of the big window in her living room. As if that wasn't bad enough, he started talking to me when I got home from school because I needed to pass his house. We didn't know each other. We had nothing to do with each other, not even remotely. He began to ask me how I was, if school was finally over, and so on. I didn't like it, but politely answered. One day, he started asking me about my grandmother and mother, how they were doing, etc. I was very creeped out by this, given the history of the incidents. I started ignoring him, and after a few days of ignoring him, he got the hint. But there's more. My grandmother has sort of a caregiver who comes to her flat twice a week to clean and deliver groceries because she can't walk or bend over that well anymore. This caregiver is also the one that comes to our stocky neighbor's house to help him. After my grandmother had brought it up to us that he was watching her the other day, the caregiver told us that the old man would want hugs from her, look at her ass, cleavage, etc. and also sometimes touch her in places like her waist and her thighs supposedly unintentionally as if this wasn't already more than terrifying he also rides the bus sometimes sometimes i'm in that same bus or sometimes he even rides a school bus for some reason anyways one day i was waiting for the bus and there was this girl with the headscarf waiting for the bus too the man walks up to her and starts talking to her i had my headphones in so out of curiosity i pulled one of them out and listened to what he was talking about I was shocked when I heard him talking about immigrants being a problem for the US and that they should get out of the country and such, but in a way that he didn't say it directly but rather hinted at those things. The girl was really confused and then the bus came, which she seemed relieved by, understandably. This was just a section of the creepiest and worst incidents. There are many more that are not as creepy. So I'm a 20 year old girl, and it's like I'm just straight up creepy old man bait. I don't go shopping alone often because it makes me uncomfortable being stared at. So I usually go with my boyfriend just to make me feel better. On this occasion though, he was at work. Desperately needing some snacks, I headed to my local Kroger, a relatively large grocery store nearest to my house. This particular Kroger is arranged awfully, so I usually end up doubling back because I don't realize I missed something. Because of that, it makes it really obvious if someone is following you. I started on the left end of the store, just picking out some fruit when I noticed a very old man in overall staring at me. Not thinking too much of it, I smiled politely and just walked past him. After a couple of minutes of shopping and looking around, I noticed this man is still pretty close. He hasn't picked up any additional groceries, 
So I'm getting a little uneasy. I just walk away to the other end of the store to get some ice cream. Now I'm stopped looking at the ice cream for a while because there are so many options. After looking for a while, this creepo comes over and starts staring at the ice cream directly next to me. At that moment, I decided I didn't need ice cream anymore and I was done shopping. Mind you, the old man, after staring at the ice cream with me for five minutes, didn't get any. From there, I booked it around the corner and ran all the way to the end of the aisle, took a sharp turn, and hurried to the checkout. I got in line and then offered a random person about to check out the spot behind me. I figured this would give me some time. Believe it or not, the old man comes to the checkout stand behind the person that is right behind me. I start quietly talking to the lady checking me out and asked them to take a very long time with the old man because he had been following me the whole time. They just laughed it off like I was some dumb teenager and said, yeah, that's old men for you, when I was generally worried about my safety. At this point, I'm sure you're thinking, call the cops. Yeah, that's what my dad said too, but I just didn't think about it at the moment. After checking out, I ran to my car and started putting away my groceries as fast as possible. I had an entire cart to put away. I finally got the groceries in my car, and since I was eyeing the door the whole time, I saw the old man come out the doors and beeline for me. I slammed the trunk of my car, and he was waiting for me at the driver's door. I locked the car and ran across the parking lot while calling my boyfriend to see what to do. I'm crying, trying to get a hold of him, but he's at work and of course he doesn't see my call. At this point, I'm hiding behind a Kia Soul, hoping the old man walks towards me so I can quickly run back to my car. He does, so I jump at the opportunity and I'm unlocking my car as I run. I jump into the driver's seat and zoom home. He watched me drive away while he was standing in front of his red sedan that was on the other side of the parking lot from where I was parked. I took tons of back roads to make sure I wasn't followed by that stupid creepy old man. When I was 15, Ray William Johnson was the most subscribed to channel on YouTube. I feel it's necessary to say now that he was not the YouTuber this story is about, but I feel this is important to include for context. Doing some research for this post, he was the first YouTube channel to ever reach 5 million subscribers, so he was very popular at the time. In his show, he reviewed viral videos as a teenager. It was one of my favorite things to watch. Every week, he would pick one subscriber video to provide the comment question of the week to which his subscribers would provide responses in the comment section. A friend and I thought we had a great question to ask, featuring her new baby iguana, and sent it in every week after filming it. By the fourth or fifth week, our video was selected and aired on that week's show. In hindsight, there definitely wasn't much more traffic coming into my account, but at the time, it really felt like it. I had 30 some messages in my message box at the time, and quite a few comments on the original video. I can confidently say, let's not meet, to anyone in that comment section, garnering such classy comments as, I'd tap both of you at the same time. I would do you both, and the iguana can watch. I would totally do the girl on the left. And of course the classic, I love you. My friend at the time was 13 years old, and my message box did not look much different. Now, as a teenager with low self-esteem, I was pleased with a lot of this new attention. I was actually taking time to respond to a lot of the messages, ignoring the disturbing ones, thanking people for congratulating me on getting picked, and occasionally starting a conversation with some internet strangers. 
One of the most common questions I got asked after the video was, how old are you? And of course I offered up the information because why wouldn't I? One specific person sticks out because he continued talking to me consistently. Every day I would have a message from him and I would respond. He was just chatting, just being nice. I thought he had a YouTube account, small, but had a couple thousand subscribers. Having had 11 myself, all of which being my friends, I thought it was cool that his channel was successful. He asked me how old I was. I told him 15. He told me he was 21. It was initially quite tame conversation, but after a few weeks, he asked me for my phone number. I was naive and gave it to him because he was nice and he didn't live anywhere near me. From what he told me, he lived several states away. Then he texted me all the time. He tried calling me. Around this time is where I started getting creeped out. He began talking about wanting to meet me. Now, at this point I had seen To Catch a Predator in school, and I started getting somewhat suspicious. I never gave him any more information other than the state I lived in and my first name. That seemed innocent enough, but he started getting flirty and creepy and generally uncomfortable to talk to. I slowly stopped responding, ignoring his phone calls, and would say I was busy. Then he found my other social media accounts and tried talking to me there. I told him I had gotten a boyfriend, which was a lie, but he still sent me generally discomforting messages, especially looking back at it. This guy made me so uncomfortable that even thinking about it now or seeing his username makes me feel nauseated and tense. The messages that really got to me, the one that finally scared me enough, and the one that I can actually remember after all these years said, I'm going to come to Ohio to find you, and when I finally do, I'm going to hug you so hard. I'm going to squeeze and squeeze until your eyes pop out of your little head. I never told my parents, but I was lucky enough to be able to get my phone number changed. I started getting paranoid that he would find me, checking my locks, closing my curtains. I removed him from some social media, changed my usernames and display names to make myself harder to find because, you know, I was a teenager to be able to contact my actual friends all the time. Surprisingly, it got quiet for a while and I slowly gained some feeling of safety back. I actually started a new YouTube channel at the recommendation of some friends and started putting myself out there again, doing more media production, which I love, and garnering a small following of 1200 strangers, none of whom ever made me feel unsafe, thankfully. A few years down the road, I started my freshman year of college. I had just turned 18, and wouldn't you know, he found me again, found me on all social medias, sent me messages again, posted some comments on my old YouTube channel. All at once, I felt absolutely sick. I remember the creepy messages and unsettling feeling, just generally breathlessness I had when he started telling me he would find me and that he was coming for me. I had a brief panic attack before swiftly blocking him on everything. My profiles were me at my new college, wearing my gear and everything. I would have been significantly easier to find now, and I knew it. I hardly made any friends my first year at college. I didn't leave my room much after that happened. I never went to parties. I scarcely made friends. Every so often I would remember the experience and get sick. This is one of those times. 
I've since graduated. I moved far away with my boyfriend, but I still check my locks and curtains aggressively every night, sometimes three or four times, even if I'm sure I've done it already. What I'll never understand is how a grown man at 21 would be so interested in a 15-year-old girl, and especially still be interested after several years. The entire memory disgusts me. He still posts videos on the YouTube channel, and all I can think about is how he tried to get with me when I was a minor, a child. He was a predator. He took away my sense of safety. And up to this point, he certainly is on my top 10 list of people with whom I hope I never ever have to encounter again. So I'm a female, 23 now, but in this story I was 21 with a 4 month old baby. I'm about 5'9", a bit overweight, and I have social anxiety around new people. I went with my sister to her work. She was 26 and 5 feet tall. She worked at a very nice restaurant in a shopping center, and we went straight there for a 6pm start after being in the city all day collecting money for a cat rescue. I'm just chilling out, eating food, and binging on Reddit when I decided I wanted a smoke. I know. Bad habit. So I let my sister know I'm going out to the car park to have a smoke as she passes through the dining area. The car was only about 70 meters away from the restaurant, having good lighting, and because it was so late, I could hang around near the doors. This is where it gets creepy. The security guard was doing his rounds, at about my height, and Indian. He decides to check on me. That's cool, man. I'm just having a smoke. The conversation goes like this. How are you doing? You okay? I'm pretty good. I'm just waiting for my sister to get off work. Good, good. Your baby? Very cute baby. I have four at home. You got a husband? Yes, he's my baby. That's good. I have a fiance, which was a complete lie. I was 100% single, but he was already making me anxious. I could be husband. I look after baby for you. I look after you. <laughs> no thanks. I'm sure your wife wouldn't appreciate that. No, no. Wife loves baby. Wife will love you. You come home with me? Finally, I finished my smoke and moved further away from him each second. No thanks. I'm good now. He follows me inside. I go all around the mostly closed shopping center, hoping that I would lose him in Kohl's. I lost him for about five seconds, but Kohl's shut down for the night. The only place left open was my sister's work, so I went back there even though I didn't want him to know where I was. As I was about to walk into the restaurant, I saw him coming up the escalator. He was still watching me. I take the last two steps towards the hostess, who happens to be the owner's daughter, and told her what was going on. At this point, the security guard was standing in front of the restaurant, still staring at me. The hostess takes me into a semi-secluded booth and goes to talk to her dad about the situation. As she's gone, the creepy security guard comes into the dining area, searches for me, and then comes and sits in my booth, way too close to me and my child. How are you? I want to ravish a pretty woman. You will be the mother of my babies. We will make cute babies. At this point, it was very clear that I was uncomfortable, and he still made it worse. Don't worry. I security. I protect you and the baby. He reaches across the table with one hand now. The other hand is reaching towards my baby. I'm frozen. I didn't care about the hand near me, I was watching the other one. No one touches my baby. I'm about to snap, full mama bear mode. When the owner, 40ish to 50 years old, 6 feet tall, big wide build, of the restaurant steps in, asking if there's a problem. Is there a problem? No no problem. 
just talking with my lovely lady. This is a customer. Has she done something wrong? No, never. She's my lady, see? We're gonna get married. And then he grins creepily, the silent warning for me to play along etched in his face. Finding comfort in the restaurant owner's presence, I said, Please leave me alone. I just want to eat my dinner. Haha, <laughs> funny lady. See, we joke. I don't know you. Please leave me alone. She says she wants you to leave now. She's just messing. She loved me. I've been waiting for you, my pretty lady. He leaves at that point. The restaurant owner makes sure I'm okay and moves me to the employee break room and then fills my sister in. Two hours later and my sister has finished her shift, we pack up and head out to the car. The security guard appears out of nowhere. He was actually waiting for me. I take pretty lady and baby home now. Come pretty lady, we go home. The restaurant owner, like an angel, steps out of his car right behind the security guard and says, she's going home with her sister. No, pretty lady mine, she come home with me. Get in the car, I'll take care of this. So we get in the car and go home. Find out that the next day from my sister that her boss had physically restrained the security guard because he went to go grab my arm as I was getting in the car. He then got him fired and permanently banned from the shopping center. Around a year, maybe a year and a half ago, I was using this app called Whisper to help with making new friends after getting out of high school. I was 19 at the time and had a really nice boyfriend. I had used Whisper before and actually made two or three friends during my senior year and also found a friend of mine's boyfriend cheating using Whisper. So safe to say that this app can be a handful sometimes. I put out a Whisper asking for someone to talk to and of course I got tons of replies but I couldn't reply to all of them. But I messaged some of the interesting ones back. This guy named Jack started messaging me and he seemed really nice. He said he was 23 and actually lived 8 minutes from my house. If you have used Whisper, you know that you can search by area or go into a general section to see thousands of whispers being uploaded that you could reply to. You could also send photos instantly after 4 messages for some reason. As soon as he messaged me 4 times, he sent me a selfie and I was surprised but didn't really respond to it. Jack was telling me that he was working for a towing company in a neighboring town. How he would have to go use the interstate to go places. At the time, I didn't have a job because my mother was sick. So I would use my laptop out in the kitchen at the table to watch streams and play some games in case she needed me at some point. I remember watching my friends stream, talking to my friends, and generally having a good time until I got a text from Jack. Now, I never gave him my address never really explained where I lived. But he texted me, saying, Hey, look out your window. I thought maybe something happened on the interstate, but then I remembered I never told him how close it was to me. I see a tow truck right outside my house with the car broke down or something. My blood ran cold. He was at the truck, waving. I started shaking. Due to having bad anxiety, I ended up having an anxiety attack. How do you know where I lived? I replied asking what he meant, and he said, Well, you're home, aren't you? I didn't respond, went back to the stream, and started typing to my friends, freaking out to them. I didn't want to call the cops, because my cousin is one, and so is one of my friends. As soon as anything was heard about it, I thought I'd be in deep shit for it, so I just ignored him. Then, 
He sent me a dick pic on the app. I was disgusted and deleted the post and messages from Whisper. I also blocked him. The next day, an unknown number texted me and I figured out it was him. I ignored it. And then I got a restricted phone call and I picked up. Big mistake. I was out in the garage with my cat and I heard the voice on the other end say, Hey, you look sexy right now. Wanna go for some ice cream down the road? I looked at the door that was next to me and I see him in his car, driving slow, keeping his eyes locked on me. I jumped up and ran inside after hanging up, running to my room so I could feel the comfort of my blankets on my bed. I was petrified. I got a job soon after at Subway and he would come in and start harassing me, texting me from random numbers since I would block all of them. I felt paranoid all the time, knowing that he seemed to know where I was all the time. One day, my now ex-boyfriend ended up texting him furiously, telling him to leave me alone, stop stalking me and everything. I never got a message after that, but I'm still paranoid he's watching me. So Jack, let's not meet. Back in community college, I rode the bus to and from college. The bus stop was walking distance to my house, so it was a huge help for me. When I'm on the bus, I always listen to music and look outside, never at my phone, and never at anyone else. Guess that's how I never noticed the man always looking at me. One day I went to go on my computer to send memes and chat with my boyfriend through Facebook. Dude sits down in the chair next to me, looking at my memes, and says hi. Dude startled me immediately. He was like, hey beautiful, thought I'd finally come by and say hi. I see you on this bus a lot, and thought you might want some company, you know? Um, who are you? And I think you're pretty. Um, I gotta go to class now. I leave, but not heading to class, just in case he follows me. He follows me a little bit, then turns around and leaves. After my class, dude shows up at my bus stop at the exact time my class ends and waits for me. Says the same stuff as last time. He repeats this for about a week until I finally tell the bus driver. The dude is following me and he's creeping me out very much. The bus driver proceeds to close the door and drives off leaving the creepy guy before he could get in. The creepy guy starts telling his classmates he's going to get laid soon. The only reason I know is because one of his classmates is my best friend. I pointed out to him my creepy stalker and my friend said he keeps talking and attempting to hook up with a chick and that he said he might get laid soon. The next time I saw him outside of my class I cussed him out. He proceeded to say sorry baby I won't do it again. I'm not your baby and back off or I'm calling the police. I'm serious. I don't even know who the hell you are. After that I never saw the guy again. When I was in high school, I knew my parents' divorce was imminent. My mom was cheating on my dad, and my dad was cheating on my mom. I did everything I could to prevent my parents from divorcing, but I knew it was a lost cause. My mother had been planning on leaving him for a long time, and eventually served him on my 17th birthday. They agreed to live under the same roof until I was out of high school, so I wouldn't have to stress having two homes. When I was a little over 18, my mom had been consistently conversating with a new man on multiple dating apps. She even got an app that I was known to use called Kick Messenger. 
She fell asleep with the app open one night and I seen that she was messaging a man. I'm not going to use his name due to privacy concerns. I ignored it but I knew the name and seen his face multiple times on her cell phone. Fast forward maybe two months. My dad and I were just spending some time together and wanted to go somewhere to eat. His friend called him up that night. My dad has been known to be a social drinker who frequented local bars. He had many good friends that were bartenders and fellow social drinkers. His friend was at the local bar and met a man named AJ who was looking for my father by name in order to buy a vehicle. My dad was a car sales manager. So we stopped by the bar that night because we just thought we would eat there. The bar isn't really shabby or the typical bar most people would think of. We lived in a small town and the bar was on the lake and people could rent lots and put campers on it. It was more like a club lodge. This man introduced himself as AJ. However, I recognized him immediately as the man that my mother had been conversating online with. I didn't say anything to my dad at first. I for sure just thought that he looked similar and that I was overreacting. That was until he called me by my full name without anyone introducing him to me or even saying my name. He knew my first, middle, and last name. He also came up to me to greet me at the table I was sitting at. He tried getting me to open lotto tickets for him and was rubbing against me and trying to touch my inner thighs. I was kind of frozen and didn't know what to do. He eventually left me alone when he saw people staring at him. I did what I needed to do. I searched his full name on Google and Facebook and that's when I found out that he was a registered sex offender, ex-con in a bordering state. I looked repeatedly from AJ to the man on my phone screen and there was no doubt he was the same dude. He only lived about 30 minutes away from my own home. I pulled my dad to the side and told him that this man was not who he said he was. I showed him the picture and the information I found. I ran to the bathroom crying because I knew something bad was happening. He lied about his name, knowing me and my father's name, and knowing where my father worked. After hearing this info, my dad refused to go outside with AJ. He made multiple attempts at getting my dad outside alone to take a look at my dad's truck due to the fact that he wanted something similar. He eventually stopped pushing my dad and went outside to smoke. The manager of the bar immediately locked the doors and locked him outside, refusing to let him back in. Everyone in the bar, most of them were close friends with my dad, had seen how suspicious he was acting, and many had seen him rubbing up against me. The manager called the cops to report him. It didn't take long for him to figure out that he had been caught, and he attempted to leave the bar and drive away. My dad followed him up the road, trying to make sure he didn't get away. However, he was plastered enough and ended up crashing into a snowbank just up the road from the bar. He was caught by the police and charged with a DWI. He was jailed just five minutes up the road from my home. I did not sleep good that night, and sleep was bad for about a month. If he knew my family as well as he seemed to, he probably knew where I lived. He was bailed out only two days after the incident. His vehicle had been found with duct tape, drugs, rope, a crowbar, and other materials in it when they impounded his car. He was also charged with violating his probation. He is a tier 3 sex offender, which means he raped a minor with a deadly weapon and was required to register for life. He was not supposed to leave the state at the time of the incident, not supposed to have a Facebook or any form of social media where he could reach out to minors, and he was not allowed to operate a vehicle due to his license being taken away. 
I ended up pressing charges for sexual harassment as well as getting a restraining order against him. I also found out later through phone records that the police had been tracking his phone and that he had driven past my home more than 20 times in the week leading up to the incident. He had also been to my dad's job and my school multiple times throughout a period of six months. He had been following both of us for a long time. I never experienced something so crazy in my life. I live in a completely different state thousands of miles away now, thank God, but my family is still in the state where the incident happened. He has yet to be charged or arrested for the harassment stalking charges and probably never will seeing as he knows if he comes back to the state he can be arrested because he has a warrant. Since then I don't ever put my full name on social media, I only put my first name. I've become a very paranoid person when it comes to my full name and my address or other personal info. Please everyone be careful who you talk to on online dating sites. You never know who's behind the screen or what their true intentions are. And if you do find someone you like, investigate, do your homework. I lived in a town with a population of 5,000 and I never once thought this kind of thing could happen to me, but it can. So back in 2014, I was in a rush to move to another apartment and there weren't that many that were available for the time frame I wanted it for. At least not any good apartments and definitely not in any good areas. I found a nice decent apartment with three rooms and I moved in for the time being. At least I had a place to live in while looking for a better place. The suite was newly renovated, so I was supposed to get new appliances as well. There had been a mistake with the fridge and the landlord told me that they would replace it as soon as possible and I should expect it within the first two weeks of moving in. About a month later I get a knock on the door. I went to look at the peephole and saw a man standing there with a piece of paper in his hand and another man behind him. Fridge, the man said behind the door. I opened the door and saw two men. The first man was a delivery guy. Behind him stood a man who didn't really care about his appearance and honestly looked like he just crawled out of a dumpster. I thought he was just a helper. I let the man walk inside and placed the fridge in the kitchen. The greasy man followed him inside and introduced himself to me. I'm the new landlord, he said with a smile. Really? Where did the other one go? I was a bit startled as he looked like a freaking homeless guy. Who the hell hired him to be the landlord? Oh, she doesn't work here anymore. Well, no shit, I thought. The delivery guy then said goodbye and left, but the landlord didn't. Where are your parents? I told him that I lived alone. Big mistake. No way. You look like you're a 15-year-old girl, he said with a smile. Yeah, I get that a lot. What do you need this big place for? He asked. I just told him that I moved in there temporarily. He walked over to the kitchen and started opening and closing the fridge door. Just checking if everything's good. I just nodded and leaned back against the wall and watched. He just stood there looking at the fridge and then back at me. Why doesn't he just freaking leave? I thought to myself. Then he said, you're really cute. Look at you standing over there. You are so cute. I let out a laugh and thanked him. No major red flags yet. He then said, I live on the first floor if you ever want to visit. We can hang out. I didn't know how to answer him. So I said, mm, yeah, I mean, I don't think. Before I could say another word, he interrupted me. I have no friends and I don't talk to my family. I'm really lonely. Okay, red flags are going off now. I asked him why he didn't talk to his family, but he just brushed it off and changed the topic quickly. Then he started walking to the door and repeated himself once again. Don't forget, 
first floor. Don't be a stranger. I followed him to the door and locked it when he left. I felt a bit uncomfortable, but soon forgot about it. About three days later, I get a phone call from the place I applied to. I had landed a part-time job at Best Buy. This was going to be my second job since I already had a job at an insurance company. I was excited to start at Best Buy, and I was hired in the tech department, and I absolutely love computers. Before I go on, I worked Monday through Friday from 9am to 5pm at the insurance place, and then three days a week at Best Buy, mostly evenings, but it varied on weekends. So on the first day, I headed out of my apartment, took the elevator down, and was about to exit the front doors when I heard the familiar voice. Hey, it was the landlord. Hey, what's up? Not much. Where are you going? I ignored the question and told him I needed to go and walked out the door. I didn't need to drive to work because Best Buy was within walking distance. About three minutes into my walk, I noticed a gray car driving slowly beside me. I glanced over to see who it was, and it was the landlord. He rolled down his passenger side window. Where are you going? I told him that I was on my way to work and that I would be late if we continued chatting. I said bye and I continued to walk a bit faster. Wait, let me take you. Where do you work? No, it's alright. It's not far away. I work at Best Buy. I'll walk. Another dumb mistake. I shouldn't have told him where I worked. Come on, let me take you. I'm headed to Tim Hortons anyway. I need to get some coffee. Well, it didn't hurt for him to drop me off, I thought. He's going in the same direction anyway. I hesitated a bit, but then accepted his offer. I got into his car, I know, dumb of me, and let him drive me to work. It was a very short ride, but he did not fail to make me feel uncomfortable. When I finally got to my work's parking lot, I thanked him and reached to open the door, but it didn't open. Hey, your door's locked. Yeah, I have the habit of locking doors. Before I let you go, can you give me your number? I lied to him and told him that my phone wasn't working and that I was just using it as an iPad. My phone wasn't on vibrate and I was hoping to God that I wouldn't get a text message or any notification. Okay, then let me give you my number. He grabbed a piece of paper and wrote his number down. Give me a call, okay? Sure, I said. When are you going to call me? I don't know. I'll call you when I get a chance to. What time are you done? I'll pick you up. I don't know. It's my first day. I don't know how long I'm going to be here for. I was hoping that he would just fall for my lie. He unlocked the doors and I stepped out of the car. I thanked him again and walked towards the store. Before leaving, he once again shouted, Don't forget to call, and then drove off. Jesus, what a creepy guy this is. I threw the little paper with his number out and forgot about the whole situation. The next day I was scared to take the elevator since he always happened to be where I was going. So I decided to take the stairs. It led to the back door, and I was sure I wouldn't see him. I did this for about four days and never saw him. Great, this works, I thought. On the fourth night, I was sitting in my living room, watching YouTube videos on my laptop. It was around 10.30pm, and I was kind of dozing off when I heard a knock at the door. I wasn't expecting anyone. Who could it be? I sat there quietly and didn't move, hoping that they would just go away. Another knock. I tiptoed to the door and looked out the peephole. It was the landlord again. Hey, are you there? Open up. Confused and tired, I opened the door. This is the conversation that followed. Hey, what's up? Where the hell have you been? What do you mean? I don't see you leave for work anymore. Did you quit or something? No, I still go to work. I just have a weird schedule. 
You never called me. I was waiting for your call, and you never called. You promised. Sorry, I never got a chance to. I work two jobs, so I'm pretty busy. I came to your work and asked for you. They told me that they have no one by your name there. Did you lie to me about your name? I was caught off guard. I didn't know what to tell him. I had indeed lied to him about my name, but that wasn't what freaked me out. Why the hell had he gone by my work? You went by my work? Why? I said a bit nervously. Because I didn't see you around. I wanted to know where you were. He said kind of irritated. I didn't respond. He then was just staring at me for a moment, hoping that I'd invite him in. But there was no way in hell I was going to invite this guy in. I'm really tired. I need to work tomorrow. I'll see you around. Look, I need to talk to you. Can we talk? Honestly, I'm really tired right now. Can this wait? Whatever. Fine. He said this while walking away, still muttering something under his breath. I shut the door and stayed up for a bit, afraid that he'd return. Luckily he did not return so I finally fell asleep. So the next day came. I got ready for work again and decided to take the elevator. The elevator door opened and guess who was there? Yep, it was him. He asked me if I needed a ride to work and I responded with a no. Are you sure? I told him once again that I didn't need a ride and I got out of the elevator and went to work. This went on for months. By this time, I had already mentioned him to my manager and co-workers. They told me if I didn't show up one day, that they would call the police. Sometimes he would see me walk out the main door, and he would drop everything he was doing to come after me, asking me if I needed a ride. Other times he would ask me to hang out, and if he could take me on a date. Knocking on my door in the middle of the night was a pretty common thing. One time, he was in the middle of a conversation with another tenant. The tenant was complaining about something that had broken in his suite and that he needed him to fix it. The landlord told the tenant that he should go to his apartment and he would go grab his tools and follow quickly after. The tenant left, but he never went to go get his tools. Instead, he followed me outside and offered me a ride to work again. I told him no and that he needed to do his job and to help the tenant. He said he didn't give a shit about the tenant and all that he wanted to do was be around me. This creeped me out, of course. I would also see him at work sometimes. My manager had given me permission to go to the back room and just get out of sight whenever he would come in and look for me, which he had done several times while I was at work. I caught him walking around once, scanning the entire store to see if he could spot me, but he didn't, so he just left. He also mentioned to me once that sometimes he wanted to kidnap me, and he told me he just wanted to take me away and keep me to himself. I remember when he said it, he looked like he was hesitating, as if he was going to act on it right away. I found it a bit alarming, but I wasn't too scared. I don't know why, I guess I didn't realize how much danger I was in at the time. But I did play it cool, in case he was really going to try something. He would often say creepy things to me whenever he got a chance to talk to me. However, I don't remember all of it. It's a bit fuzzy to me. Now you might ask why I hadn't called the cops. Well, the police wouldn't have done anything since he had not caused me physical harm, so there was no point of calling them. Also, I had no proof that these things were happening or of the things that he said to me, other than showing up to my work a few times. He would come to my work often to look for me if he didn't see me leave for work or if he hadn't seen me in a few days, or he would bang on my door in the middle of the night asking me to open the door. I, of course, would ignore it. He had no way of reaching me anymore and it was now clear to him that I was avoiding him. A couple weeks passed, and I was awoken by the sound of the fire alarm going off. Oh shit, 
That's right. There's supposed to be another fire drill today. It was my day off. I quickly went to see if I still had the note to see when they were going to enter my apartment. Maybe I still had time to get ready and leave the apartment since the landlord usually comes in with the person who checks the alarm. But I couldn't find the note. I got ready as fast as I could and I was halfway done when there was a knock on my door. Crap, I thought. I opened the door and there was the guy for the alarm and the landlord. They both walked in. The landlord didn't say a word to me. The guy checked the alarm and said it was good and then they both left. I felt relieved. That went well, right? Wrong. Not even a minute passes and they hear another knock on my door. Hey, it's me. Can you open for a second? I ignored it. Then the knocks got louder. Hey man, I know you're in there. Stop playing with me. I need to tell you something. Come on, open up. This continued for two minutes. When it was finally silent again, I had enough of this fucking guy. I had to do something about this. That night I was supposed to go to my friend's house to hang out with her and also to return her laptop. She had given it to me to reinstall windows. I got ready and left my apartment around 11 p.m. It was really nice out and I wanted to walk to her house. It was a long walk, but I really loved walking. I took the elevator down and when the doors opened, I saw him standing by the door. He hadn't seen me yet, so I had to act fast. Either get back in the elevator or sprint to the front door. It was a split decision. I went for the front doors, but sadly he noticed me and I heard heavy footsteps running behind me. Before I go on with the story, I want to say that when you leave the front doors, you see a big parking lot. In order to leave the apartment complex, you need to walk around the building. So basically the front doors are pretty much the back of the building and the back doors are the front. I know, it's weird. Anyhow, when I go outside, I run halfway around the building and was looking behind me. There was no one there. I stopped running and started walking again, but something inside me told me to keep running. Little did I know, the reason why the footsteps had stopped behind me was because he had gone to the back doors to catch me there. When I got to the other side of the building, I saw that he had made it halfway around the back side of the building. I started running again and he started running after me. He was chasing me for about two blocks while we both occasionally stopped to catch our breaths. I was close to the main road when I stopped running. My lungs were burning. I couldn't run anymore. Whatever happened next, I had to fight. He caught on. Out of breath, he said, Stop, man. You're killing me. Stop doing this to me. I looked in shock, didn't say a word, still trying to catch my breath. Why are you doing this to me, man? He said, letting out a small cry. For the first time, I saw the look of sadness mixed with anger. Stop following me, I yelled. What do you want? Please don't go. Please come with me. Let's talk, he pleaded. Talk about what? He was still trying to catch his breath. I didn't care anymore. I was shaking, tired, and just wanted to see my friend. I didn't even make out what he said because of all the adrenaline. I started walking again, turned around every two seconds to see if he was following me, but he wasn't. He just watched me walk away, and that's the last time I saw him. So creepy landlord, please, let's never ever meet again. In 2002, I was a 14-year-old girl starting freshman year. I was an awkward, nerdy girl that didn't know how to handle attention from boys 
So you could say I made things worse for my situation. I had a knack of making friends with weird people that no one really liked. But I tried to be friendly with everyone I met, so it wasn't a big deal to me. Unfortunately, that was also my downfall. Clubs were a very big deal, and they actually had an anime club. So of course, I was all about that. First club meeting, I sat next to a couple of friends and sucked it all up. I thought I was finally with my people. Then here comes Stalker Kid. I'd use his real name, but to this day I have no clue what it is. He sat in front of me. Being the person I am, I said hi. I could tell he was uncomfortable and didn't know anyone, so I was just being nice. And boy did this guy cling to me after that one word. At first, he would just find me during lunch and just stand there mumbling things to me. He has such a soft voice, high pitched, that you just felt unnerved when he spoke to you. The way he would look at you as he spoke made it so I could never look him in the eyes. After a while, it became more of him asking me about personal life and what I was into. Me being dumb and naive, I tried to be friendly and chat while feeling incredibly uncomfortable. After a while, my friends and I would move to different tables, benches, and even hallways to avoid him. But he always found me. After about a year of this, my best friend finally told me that if I didn't tell him to fuck off, he would. I really didn't want him around anymore, so sure, go ahead. So one day during lunch, here comes Stalker Kid with his signature greeting, barely above a whisper. Hey. My buddy just goes, dude, she's not interested. Fuck off. Looking hurt, he shuffles away. I was like, man, you didn't have to be so hard on him. But, uh, thanks. I didn't see him much around school after that, except for club days where he would just sit across the room and stare at me while my best friends glared at him. Fast forward to me being 16 and driving now, minus the awkward club days. I didn't really notice anything from him. That was until an old great beat up car started parking next to me and extremely close. One day after school, he was waiting for me in the car. He started asking me how I'd been and about prom and all that stuff. I was trying to rack my brain on how he knew this was my car, and unless he had been watching me before and after school, I don't know how he would have. I started getting there later and leaving later to avoid him because he was like clockwork. Finally, a boy I used to be friends with in elementary school was walking around with me. He made a comment that the guy is always next to my car and asked if he was my boyfriend. I immediately said no and told him that he's always following me around and I hated it. It was really starting to freak me out. Bless this guy because he walked straight up to him and scared him off, threatening that if he ever parked next to me again, he would kick his ass. I figured maybe that was enough to keep him away. So again, there was a small space of time where I would hear nothing from him except for my friends who had classes with him telling me how creepy he was. One of my friends had an art class with him and said he would draw naked women consistently in his books, all big busted and in sexy poses. Junior year is wrapping up and I started taking my best friend, Phil, to and from school. At some point, Phil started noticing that a little gray car was always heading the same way after school and made a joke saying, what if Stalker Kid lived right next to him? Haha, <laughs> small world, right? One day, as usual, the little gray car was following us, so we took a detour. Sure enough, he was with us step by step the whole way, and it was no longer a joke. We both started freaking out. 
I pushed the gas pedal as hard as I could and noped the fuck out of sight. I went home and told my mom everything because at this point, I knew this wasn't normal. She shoved it aside, saying I was probably seeing things. Well, it came time for our end of year club party. Docker Kid was a senior, so I would never have to see him again. For whatever stupid reason, I offered to host the party at my house, thinking he has never gone to one yet. I was terrified when my dad let him in the door. I don't remember giving him an invitation to the party. Someone else must have given it to him. He spent the whole party talking to me, my dad, being all buddy-buddy with him, asking me where my room was. I just wanted to cry and hide. It was all downhill after that. I remember there were days where I could hear a car pull outside my front door. In my room having the window that saw out to the front, I would call my buddy Phil and peek to see if it was him. Three times in one month, I just hid under my desk and cried on the phone with Phil. Other events from school would be him asking a girl I played softball with to prom, only to dump her and follow me all night. This includes two and after the prom, where I never saw him in person. Our high school had a radio TV channel for kids to run, and during prom, they would record us going up and down the stairs and playing around in the gym at after prom for the parents to see their kids having fun. It took one of my friends to point this out, but it showed me playing DDR for a while against my friend Phil, and Stalker Kid was right behind me watching for a good five minutes. I never knew. And the one that still creeps me out to this day is graduation for his class. Our classes were so big that they did a day and night ceremony where all the students had to attend the day one. I was scanning the crowd to see my friends who were graduating when I saw a hand wave as I passed by. I looked back and of course it was Stalker Kid waving at me. How he picked me out of a crowd of a thousand people, I'll never know. 2016 year was great. No signs of creepy stalker kid to this point, to the point where I started to forget about him. I graduated, I chose a college in town, get a job at the local retail store, and move on. Life is beginning to be normal. I work the gaming department, so you get the weird randos once in a while. One that I saw a lot was this little Mexican guy with glasses. This will be important, and he never purchased anything, but would just walk around from time to time. Then. Stalker Kid comes strolling in the doors and walks into gaming and just talks. I asked how he knew I worked there. He says his friend saw me and knew that we were friends. I tried to radio for help over and over for someone to come and get him out. Finally, a big guy from computers walks over and asks me for my help in the back. Once he pulls me to safety, I tell him everything. From that point on, security is made aware and is told to watch out for this guy. Of course, he wasn't doing anything physical, so all they could do is watch out for him. So every time he came in, they would walkie me and I would dip into the back warehouse. I started seeing his friend consistently, who we called Ninja Friend, and all he ever did was walk around on his phone. I began to suspect that he was texting Stalker Kid to tell him I was at work, because sure enough, 10 minutes later, he would come in too. So I tested the theory and started walking randomly around the store. At one point, a friend who worked the register asked me why I would do this, so I had her take a walk with me on her break. I told her that this ninja friend would follow us everywhere, even just down a random aisle. Sure enough, he did this and she began freaking out. A few minutes later, I told her my stalker would walk through those doors. Again, sure enough, 
So I'm making my way to the warehouse and out steps Ninja Friend from the aisle and says, She's right here. I just stare at him like, who the hell do you think you are? Stalker Kid walks up behind me and asks why I'm running away from him. And he lost my number and asks if I can give it to him again. I say, knowing damn good well, I would never really give it to him. Sure. I go to the warehouse and write, this is where I work, don't ever come here again, and hand it to him. Galera is friend, and then call security on the walkie. After that, I sit down in the warehouse and just break down. Security tells me later that he also cried when they took him out. Later that day, as I'm leaving work, security offers to walk me to my car. This, of course, isn't the rules, but just friends caring about friends. So I say, sure. Stalker Kid is out by my car waiting for me. So this is where security says screw it and calls the police, which we are conveniently next to their headquarters. He books it when he sees the car. A few years go by and nothing comes up. I buy a fancy new car. I'm thinking that did the trick and I'm finally free. It's now 2012. My buddies and I are leaving work, ready to hit a night at the bar per usual Thursday deal. We are walking out the door where we all have to stand and wait to hear the alarm sound to verify it's armed. As we are walking out, I hear it, that awful sound, hey. I cringe, grab my friend's arm and turn. There he is leaning on the car waiting. My friend recognizes him and asks him what he wants. Docker says he just wants to talk to me. His other friend is sitting in the back seat of his car, just staring at me blankly. I start to think the worst. If my friend leaves me here, my gut tells me I'm not coming to work the next day or ever. I'm terrified that he's had all these years to think about our last encounter where I wrote that note that made him cry. I grab my friend's arm tighter. My friend goes off, pretends to be my boyfriend, and rips into him. My friend is about two feet taller and much, much bigger. They get into it and I'm just standing in the parking lot. And I'm a terrible person for this, but I'm sure you understand at this point. I was thinking, kick his ass. He spooks the soccer kid so bad, and I'm pretty sure he pissed himself before getting in his car and booking it out. Ever since, if he comes into my store, my friend stares him down, and soccer kid leaves. Never has he bought anything in all these years. Years later, I've moved on and gotten married, and moved out of town. But just recently, we moved back to start a business, and to this day, I still feel myself looking behind me while in stores just in case I randomly bump into him. He's caused me to have anxiety, mental and emotional pain, fear and trust issues for a decade. Even after moving on, I still feel the effects today.